0: Welcome to This Justin,
1: the show bringing you the latest advancements in healthcare, strategy, innovation, and public policy. And now, for the fastest voice in healthcare, here's your host,
0: Justin Barnes. Thank you for tuning in, and welcome to This Justin Radio. I'm your host, Justin Barnes, and we're broadcasting live from the Health 23 conference in Las Vegas. Very excited for this next two days of broadcasting from the most exciting digital health and health IT conference in America. My lineup of guests is unparalleled, so stay tuned to hear the fastest voice in healthcare speak to this amazing group of leaders and innovators. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome back to This Just Stand. I'm your host, Justin Barnes. We're broadcasting live from the Health 23 conference in Las Vegas. Very excited for my next guest, Justin Norton, partner at GSR Ventures. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Justin thanks again for having me. It's always great to see you and uh, thank you for supporting the show every turn. Um, So first uh, you know welcome to Health I know you've been here for a day or so and uh, you know what have you seen anything exciting and uh, all that good stuff?
1: You know it's, it's wonderful to be back here there's still this excitement it's wonderful to see so many familiar faces in digital health people who've been here for years you know really trying to make things better you know in terms of what's exciting All sound a little bit like a broken record to people who've seen me speak for the past year or so, but there's so much interest in in the AI space. Mm -hmm. And I think what's fun is the conversations evolve from, oh, my gosh, this thing is here to a little bit more sophisticated (laughs) here use cases. This is how we've actually implemented it, you know, deeply in our stack. It's not just buzzword buzzword. It's this is what we're doing. Still lots of unsolved problems What's going to happen with regulation? What are the guardrails that need to be put in place? What are the right business models for startups, and how should we incorporate it? Um, but that's where that's where there's still so much excitement and energy here, and, and wonderful to be back.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what I always like to have you on air because you do help delineate. You don't you don't add to the hype, but you're adding to here. Here's some use cases that I've seen. Here's some use cases that you know I think even at Stanford that we're working at and we're looking at. So um, you know, I you know, I'll certainly dive into some of that as we um, as we get into some of the um, the discussion here. Um, so, what are you seeing? You know, at a high level, some of the trends in, in healthcare and digital health uh, from across the industry.
1: Yeah. So you know, even the the, the tone here. You know, mm-hmm. we've gone through years past where we've been at peak bull of the market. Not yeah. that there aren't, you know, fun parties happening, yeah. but, yeah. you know, it is it's it is more subdued, right? We're, we're no longer at that. It's no longer fundraise after fundraise announcement. Right. It is a different climate. And both, I, I think there's been time, years before, where the investors were there first and the startups weren't quite there yet. It seems like people are getting to the same page, mm-hmm. right? This is a different funding environment. We need to think about profitability, profitable growth. You know different ways to grow more sustainably. Unit economics, you know, re-entering the conversation. So that's where we're at. Um, but at the same time, there's there's a lot of optimism. You know, the the investors are still here. People aren't running away. We you know survey a lot of our peers actually every year, and mm-hmm. some of the data now, people still think they're gonna do you know as many deals. They were planning to do as many deals as before in digital health. They're still planning to be here next year, Exciting, yeah. doing the same thing. So. The people around the table, yes, you know, valuations and expectations have changed and have shifted. More realistic. Um, but that's okay. Yeah. If it, you look back over the past 10 years, we're still <laughs> in a great spot. Yes. You know, good companies are getting funded. The capital is flowing. Yes. Um, and, but it is it is more moderated than it was a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah. And there's more money than ever before available. Correct. So, I mean, very, very positive climate and environment. Um, so, and this is fine if you go down the AI path and, and machine learning and, and wherever you want to go. But... What do you see from innovations, uh, you know, I would say in the next, you know, either here at health or coming out in early 2024 that you're excited about I mean, some of the use cases that you've seen studied maybe
1: in healthcare, digital health, health IT? Yeah. So, you know, yes. And many of these are, are AI, but it's really healthcare, the health IT landscape is mature. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more, let's call it sophisticated use cases out there with AI. You know, my, the one I like to Pick on or, or or promote you know pick your pick your poison mm-hmm. on the day you know, ambient documentation. This has been a dream for clinicians, yes. a- administrators across the boards for decades. And what used to be you know an eighteen billion dollar acquisition a couple of years ago, state of the art technology yeah. to you know a couple Stanford students in my class who built anything that was better than twenty four months ago on an ambient documentation solution. You know there's dozens and dozens of companies doing this now in the space. You know I was at a a pitch competition where 60% of the startups pitching were demonstrating uh, ambient documentation, you know, solution. And the cool part is it works. And so, you know, that's a more kind of advanced area where generative AI is starting to play in the space. We're seeing a bunch of solutions on revenue cycle, management, administrative tasks, you know, starting to see data and analytics tasks. Um, It's still early, but we're seeing more and more. And I think 2024, yes, there's been a ton of hype in generative AI, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I probably contributed to, to, to some of that because I do think it's one of the most transformative technologies we've seen. The, the devil's in the details on implementation. How are we choosing to do that? How are we bringing this safely into our healthcare system? Uh, eventually, we will see regulation. So, what, what's going to come there? And we're, we're going to see a little more of that, um, you know, in, in next year. To, to, to talk about, you know, a few other spaces. One area where actually. I think, as well as other investors, think generative AI will start to play a role. Is number one, most area where people are looking is data and analytics. I think it will kind of play a transformative role there. And two, tech-enabled services companies. So you know, especially you know, at peak of the market, 2022, we saw, raise after raise after raise on tech-enabled services, right. and there was this future promise of, hey, I know our margins aren't quite there yet, but someday we're going to have the technology now to really lower the cost of care and kind of bring that technology fully in. Generative AI is the tool to do that. So I've had conversations with a number of those companies, and we're going to see, you know, Carbon has come out saying, hey, look, we built our own internal, you know, documentation tool. We're starting to do this. And it's never been easier to build those tools for yourself. And so startups, less the shiny chatbot, but just, hey, internally, we can use these to make our care operations better, to improve our data, just to improve our general work and operations. Mm-hmm. Um, startups are kind of turning inwards to say, how can we use these tools? And we'll see a lot more of that in 2024. Yeah. And I
0: I like to talk about it because we seem to be, we're not always in an echo chamber. It's important for us to get out and and tell this story because people need to look at how can generative AI or AI in general uh, make a difference in their business? They've got to be looking at it. Um, yes. And so, the more we talk about it, the more, and it takes time for it to filter through. It takes time to learn. It's a very complicated topic. Uh, how we integrate this and incorporate it into our technologies and our innovations and our platforms takes time. So, the more we talk about it, the more people learn. It is really important. Yeah. And certainly, it's going to be—it's going to be a game changer. It already has been. Yes. Um, and I like how you put it very succinctly. And you can spend a second on it because I think it's a good for people to learn what we've been able to accomplish in the last six months. You know, except you know, is more than we've done in the last six years. Those type of things. Yes. So,
1: yeah, no, it, exactly right. And, you know, especially for people who aren't as familiar and I speak with lots of health system execs, people who don't traditionally come from a technology background, right. it's what is this tool? Maybe, you know, right. my kids use ChatGPT for their homework. I tried it once. That's right. You know, I really push people to say, like, what can I do? How can I learn more about this space? This is what I teach, you know, the students in my class who, mm-hmm. who are speaking. I require it It's part yes. of their homework um, uh, for the medical students, business school students, engineering students. Is incorporate. Try to incorporate this yeah. into your your life. Yeah try to get to a habit where even if it's wrong, even if it's not helpful the first time, how can I start using this tool? Again, tools can be wrong. Tools, uh, we have to learn how to use this and say, oh, where are its edges where it's working and helping me? Where is it not quite right? Um, But especially as leaders and companies and organizations, if you're just relying on someone else to feed you the, the sound bite of where the technology goes, you're gonna be behind. If you can just start to learn to incorporate, try something out, fail at it, try again, that's where you're going to start to hone, Oh, this is where I might be able to use this in my own organization. So that's just like one small takeaway where please start, and also, you know, if you can use the newer models, you know, if you try ChatGPT, you know, when it came out in November, if you're using GPT-4, it's far better. Right. I, I like to say, you know, from a medical school exam taking perspective, we went from, you know, almost bottom of the class to top of the class between GPT-3.5 and GPT-4. So if you haven't been playing with the newer models or, you know, use Google Bard, which updates, you know, weekly, monthly, um, try it again.
0: hmm no, and, and just so you know, because how much we've spoken about it personally and on, on air, I begin to do that. You know, not only personally uh, in my life, but also in my professional life at the lab company. It's something that we've kind of dove into and realized where where can it make a big difference in our company? How can it enable our customers in a better way? How can it you know fuel and innovate our business and make our our lives much better uh, as corporate executives and, and business leaders? So we've actually absolutely done it. Um, so now let's turn that practical next step. What are you know a few best practices? Two to three best practices or strategies. That can help others navigate, you know, whether it's um, AI or you know some type of these innovations. How can they put this into play? I mean, you have talked about try it, so that's a great step. But maybe maybe um, move along that path a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, one thing, especially, well, I'll speak on a few different lenses. So one on startups and startups coming to uh, to investors. You know, some people have complained to me, you know, private of, hey, like, Justin, I don't know what my generative AI story is. I know <laughs> the investors want it, but we're not a generative AI company. And I think one key message there is. Most companies will not be generative AI first companies. Most companies should not, will not be building foundation models. You're not going to compete with the open AIs, Microsofts of the world. Mm -hmm. But if you know your customers better, if you know your own internal workflows better, and learn enough about the tools to say, oh, I can use this tool here. This is where I can use that to support my customers, to make our own internal business more efficient. That's where people need to be focused. And so I, exactly right. Step one, start to just use these yourself. Start to use it on your own daily life activities, whether it's, you know, uh, I needed to make a, a cocktail recipe and instead of, you know, Googling it, I used, went to ChatGPT uh, to ask for the example f- for that and see how that works. Um, start to use on your daily life. And then two is start to look at now, what are my customers' problems, pain points, and what are my own internal processes? There, I can start matching, oh, it looks like summarization. That's a capability that works quite well. Oh, it looks like transcription, which used to be super expensive, super complicated. Mm -hmm. That works well. Now I can use that here in my own business and here for my customers. Those are those steps that are making. And three, I would say is you probably don't have to invent it yourself. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of solutions out there. It is hard to keep up with the state of the art for what's happening, but there's enough newsletters you know, avenues, shows like yours where people can start to get informed about what's happening um, where you probably don't have to start from scratch. Yeah. So you don't need this giant engineering team. A lot of the tools are built and then you can use those building blocks to put it together for your own use cases and for your customers. Yeah, and that's exactly that last piece is
0: what we did inside the lab company is that we went and talked to a lot of different leaders. We've obviously done a lot of strategy with you, but then also just taking time to talk to other companies and see where they are and how can they plug into our business. We don't have to go re- reinvent anything or design anything internally. It's, you know, how can we plug and play and in scale. So, Absolutely. Completely agree. So in our, in our last couple of minutes, um, and you touched on this in the start of the show, but as an investor, one of the top investors in health IT, what are you guys seeing as evolutions in, in the past, say, even six months and, and, and also a little bit of a ground, you know, some ground path uh, for, for the next six months of what people should look out for?
1: Yeah. So I think interesting that, you know, we pulled all, all of our partners recently and we'll, we'll release this survey data in the next week or two and we will make sure you, you see it first. Yeah. Um, but we've kind of reached a point where expert investors, I think, and startups say, "Hey, this is a new normal." Um, but we're not, you know, continuing to fall off a cliff. You know, there's been a valuation reset. You know, there's a higher bar to raise that Series A. There's a higher bar to raise that Series B. There are more down rounds happening. Creative financings that are happening. Um, but. People aren't just waiting anymore and expecting things to fall off the cliff or, or change drastically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is some sentiment from, from investors. This is kind of a new normal. And then everyone can kind of plan. It's scary when people have no idea where it's going. But no, investors are ready to take meetings. Yes. Uh, when people have the right metrics, they, they will get funded. Um, and yeah, we're not changing drastically at this point. At least it was pretty mixed across the board. Our valuations higher or lower next year. People expected about the same.
0: Yeah. No, I appreciate that perspective, Justin. And, and yeah, I mean, you can see it here. There's, I mean, over a thousand investors here at health. Uh, the energy is significant. They're looking for for great deals, a lot of great meetings, a lot of great energy. People are extremely bullish in the future. But again, it's also now much more realistic.
1: Yes. You know? yes, so. yes. And with that said, I'll say, you know, yes, you know, what are the biggest, most transformative health IT companies in the space. And a lot of people will, will point to Epic, um, you know, who hasn't raised a lot of money in recent years. But at the same time, you know, this is a $4 trillion industry that's still largely untouched. Yes. And so you can look at that both ways. You know, yes, there there aren't, you know, hundreds of success stories to point to. And at the same time, that, that's the opportunity for all the startups. So Absolutely. Th-
0: there's certainly optimism there. Well put. Justin, thank you very much. Always appreciate you joining the show, my friend. Justin, thanks again for having me. You've got to have a great rest to the conference. Take care. Thank you. Welcome back, and thank you for tuning to this. Justin, I'm your host, Justin Barnes, broadcasting live from the Health 23 Conference in Las Vegas. Very excited about my next guest, Dr. John Holamka, president of Mayo Clinic Platform, and just a great guest to the show. Thank you, John, and welcome back, my friend.
2: Well, and so don't you enjoy being with ten thousand of our closest friends?
0: <laughs> I do, and it's great when you walk outside, and it's just uh, John is outside about to come on to the show, and then of course talking to people. But it, all of us know each other just again from the last 10, 15, 20 years. Um, actually. 30 years in some regards, but yeah, 10,000 of our closest friends. I love it. I love it here. Um, I'm sure you do too, but you, uh, you're you a little bit busier than I am. So again, I'm, I'm grateful for you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. Um, always a great uh, a great guest. So first of all, um, when did you get in town and what have you seen so far that's been wonderful and great for you?
2: So the great thing about living in Boston yeah. and then coming to Las Vegas is I get a 27 hour day. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, 4 a.m. yesterday out of Boston. Yep. And, of course, it used to be, let's say, two or three years ago that, oh, it was the EHR, it was interoperability, it was analytics. Now, of course, every single booth is generative AI. Yes, yes. You know, and they may have been a blockchain company three years ago, but they're a generative (laughs) AI AI company company. today. That's right. But I'll give you some broader themes. Which is, it's a tough time for small companies of simply because the marketplace is not flush with cash. So that means investors have little to invest. And if they do invest, the equity stake they take is high. And the customer base isn't exactly uh, eager to buy a lot of speculative technology. Low risk, uh, for sure. Unless it solves a really pressing business problem. So I think that's our challenge as we walk the floor. Generative AI, cool. You know, it's been an overnight sensation, 60 years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> right. But is there a business model, a go to market strategy a little early? Yep.
0: Yep. No, and, and actually, we're just, Justin and I were just talking about that. Justin Norden, uh, the guest before here, um, we we're just talking about some of the use cases there. And, you know, some of the, one of the ones that came up with us was around really, it was, it was documentation and it was, um, even how to, doc, to basically try to find some of these lab orders and get them discreetly data into our, into our systems, um, where then they can move throughout uh, much easier than ever before. Cause a lot of labs still on paper. And so that's one of the big things that, um, you know, we've been, uh, we've been working on and he and I have actually specifically been talking about, but i totally agree with you. When you walk around and you see the different, um, all the marketing hype and, and energy around generative AI, but what's it really going to do? And so that's when we we were talking about specific use cases and also diving in. Have you seen some really great use cases maybe in the last, either here at the show, in the conference, or in the last couple of months that you say, this is going to be very helpful for healthcare. This solves a huge problem.
2: So here we are in 2023, and I think all of us must focus on high value, low risk initial use cases. Mm -hmm. I get 1,500 email a day. A lot of them have documents and they say, oh, could you just please read this 50 page document and <laughs> offer me any edits? Okay, It's a challenge. So what do I do? I take a lot of these very long email and documents and say, hey, Generative AI, can you summarize the gist of this? And I say, oh, I now understand what they're after. So I've actually used it as a productivity tool to summarize. That works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Here's another clinical use case. Uh, which is, I'm an emergency physician. It's a common thing. 3 a.m. on a Sunday, Mrs. Smith comes to see you. Mm -hmm. She has a 3,000-page chart, and her chief complaint is, I feel weak. And to do a chart review of Mm 3,000 pages is very difficult. But if you say, hey, I'm gonna use a HIPAA-safe 32K prompt, Mm -hmm. here's the chart. Now, what medications does this patient take? What was the last visit? Where the surgery is complicated, you say, wow, I can now in seconds get answers from a very dense chart. Great use case. Excellent. Or as you say, clinical documentation assistance.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We're not wanting to use this for differential diagnosis or care planning at this time because hallucinations really can be devastating in that respect. But summarization seems reasonable.
0: Yeah. And one thing you pointed out actually in the think tank back um, several years ago also, and I know this is this is a different, a little bit different topic, but also how it can create. Um, I forget exactly what you said, but it was around. They pick up certain things that aren't when the when the um, the AI kicks in. It, it looks for certain things that actually aren't there. It makes things happen. I mean, there's a repetition that you kept on picking up um, in the AI, and I remember that was just really how just, you, still need some, you still need some human invention because when the machine does it on its own, it picked up stuff that actually had anomalies, but those anomalies were not significant. So, remember it's...
2: Yeah. And so at this point in history, if you've looked at uh, Casey Ross and STAT and the the tracking board for mm-hmm. generative AI, there are almost no generative AI use cases that go from business to patient. Okay. That yeah. is, they go from business to business, business to yes. patient. Right. Yes. <laughs> and that's because of this issue of needing to filter out hallucinations and the not relevant recommendations.
0: That's it. That's exactly it. So... Following that, what are some best practices or thoughts from your perspective on how companies can navigate this? I mean, obviously, very vast topic, complex, um, but what you know, how, do, how would someone begin a, a first step, even as an innovator, as a care provider? Obviously, a mail Clinic in, the, in your platform, you guys did a phenomenal job putting a lot of this together, but for the average person, care provider out there, or innovator, or patient, what are some thoughts there?
2: Sure. So I talk to hundreds of people on this topic, yes. and it goes something like this. There are commercial off-the-shelf solutions from big tech that may be helpful to you. You know, I don't endorse any product or service, but it's a commercial off-the-shelf product. And if it's going to make you more productive in summarization, documentation, great thing to start with. Second thing I hear is, we'll just wait for Epic to do it. (laughs) And that's fine. I mean, EHR vendors will produce products that will be incorporated into your electronic health record third is you're going to roll your own, do something innovative. And that's probably what you need to do if you want to experiment and potentially explore a use case no one else is exploring. And not every organization can do that. Mayo has a whole series of projects in that regard. And we'll educate, we'll share our lessons learned, what worked and what didn't very broadly.
0: Right. And I mean, obviously you're a great author, prolific author, and you've brought, you know, several of your your books on air, you and Paul um, first of all, how's Paul doing? Oh, doing great.
2: You know, uh, all of us are traveling
0: wildly too much, yeah. so you do have to start to triage. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's why we're always grateful that you joined the show. Um, but yeah, no, you guys obviously share your best practices. And, you know, that was one of the, the topics from the last uh, radio show we just did actually with Justin was around. Start. Everybody starts somewhere because even if on a personal level, how can generative AI or how can AI benefit your personal life? And then certainly incorporate. You know, there's there's, several, there's certain things like you mentioned, maybe even navigating emails or inflow of emails. But there's certain ways, things that can simplify your life personally, and then obviously professionally. Looking out there, what can what inside your business? Um, you should at least take a step in this direction. Don't ignore AI. Don't ignore how these things can benefit you personally, professionally um relationally but but take a step because it's it's very overwhelming to a lot of people i mean we've been in innovation technology for so long so for us it's it's not that big of a deal but for 95 percent of people out there 98 percent, it's very intimidating so it's important for everybody because uh, i have a lot of patients not just care providers that listen to the show but also a lot of patients in general take a step in this direction you can personally see how it can affect you um because it's it is to be the future it's gonna be significant and in, in our daily lives and everything that we do in touch work Home play, all that good stuff. Well, totally agree. And so I'll give you a couple of personal examples. Right. So as you say, I write a lot. Yes.
2: And I do my best to create coherent prose. But sometimes there are ways to simplify mm-hmm. language. So last week, Mayo Clinic Proceedings published an article called Best Practices for the Use of Generative AI in Academic Research and Writing. And of course, I'm the senior author of that, but GPT-4 was the editor of that. <laughs> so it's an article about generative AI that was edited by generative <laughs> AI. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and it worked. Yeah. It actually, yeah. the language was very clean. It did a good job. Oh, so it's so important. Pick use cases, yep. pick business problems and start small. Yeah. Think very big
0: sure. yep. and move fast when it's safe. When will your next book come out?
2: I uh, said so it's 2024. Okay. So uh, we're looking at the digital health transformation we're all living
0: through now, and we'll be documenting that in real time. Excellent. Love it. Well, We'll certainly have you on for that. So, this next segment, our question, my audience loves, we're going to put on the crystal ball look out two to three years from now. What should we be thinking about or planning for that's going to be significant in healthcare or digital health in two to three years from now?
2: So if you look at the work I'm doing now mm-hmm. with all of my teams, we recognize that AI is only as good as the training data. And the challenge, of course, is a lot of our data is biased. Yes. And right, it's limited. It comes from urban settings or educated people, etc. So how do you assemble the global data set for AI training and validation? And we've been working at country scale across the world to do that. Uh, bringing in now North America, South America, Asia, and Europe is coming. So, uh, So that's certainly one step. Once you have all that, you'll see a marketplace of new algorithms that are validated. And I suspect you will see federal government regulation as to what it means to have a validated algorithm, meaning that it's transparent as to how it performs and what its biases are. And so here's the dream. Innovators at health produce an amazing model. It is validated by an independent testing lab. It is transparently shared and made available in a marketplace. So when an EHR user needs some advice for the patient right there, pulling down that algorithm that is likely to be
0: beneficial to that patient right now happens auto magically <laughs> And that's that was the topic actually you, do, you brought up with the think tank is the bias that is in a lot of this that we have to keep a very close eye on. Right. That's exactly it. So um, in closing, I always love to talk about, well, first of all, what was the keynote that you just did or what was your topic earlier today?
2: Well, of course, with
0: great eye power comes great AI responsibility. Yeah. That's great. Um, and Unity, Unity Farm Sanctuary, I always love to talk about this. Give it a couple of seconds on, first of all, how's it, go, how's it been? How's it going? How can we support it? Uh, And then also, how have you guys grown?
2: So Unity Farm Sanctuary at unityfarmsanctuary.org is a 501c3 caring for abused and neglected large animals, now over 300 of them. And so yesterday we brought in Mirabella and Belladonna, who are two 300 pound cune cune pigs. And they're from New Zealand, and they're just so sweet. And they now wander the property grazing and greeting they they don't even have a pen they just wander oh, wow. uh, we brought in a new alpaca and we also brought in a new sheep named sully and this is just daily as people are running to financial issues or sometimes it's death disability dementia or divorce we are that
0: social safety net for the large animals of new England such a blessing so who is in charge of these phenomenal names that I see I've been a supporter but who's a phenomenal whose names is it you Kathy is it so
2: so remember my wife and I've been together for 44 years and I am math science and engineering and she is art humanities and philosophy so
0: anything that sounds artistic or creative that's Kathy okay it's phenomenal the best names John, I know you have a busy day. Truly grateful for your time that you spent with us. You're always a great supporter of the show. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. You got it, my friend. Have a great rest of your conference. And that's a wrap. What a great series of shows and guests. Uh, always grateful for them joining us on air. And thank you to all of you for joining us. Uh, what a great lineup. But uh, what a great uh, show we've had here in Las Vegas. But look forward to us coming to you live from Vive in Los Angeles in uh, February. So look forward to that and see everyone then. Take care.